0: Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association.
1: Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun.
2: And now, your host, Rick Travis. Good afternoon, patriots of the Inland Empire and beyond. This is Rick Travis, your host for CRPA's Firing Line Radio. And if you are not a member of the California Rifle Pistol Association, go to crpa.org and join tens of thousands of fellow gun owners in the state and across the nation fighting for your constitutional rights. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just come off of what has been affectionately called Freedom Week 2. Not quite a week, but that has to deal with the ammunition that people were able to buy without going through the draconian methodologies that have been set up by a corrupt government here in the state of California. And today, to help break down what's actually going on is none other than Chuck Michelle, who is both the president as a volunteer president for the California Rifle Pistol Association, and also the leader in the firearms industry as a lawyer. He he does amazing things across the nation with his group of lawyers at Michelle and Associates. Chuck, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rick. Always a pleasure. So Chuck, we have this Rody V. Bonta. It originally started as Rody V. Beccaria, to quote Biden. And, uh, as we're moving through, a lot of people are trying to figure out, like, hey, didn't we already go through this um, once with this case? And I really want to break down some of the things that we talked about with uh, Judge Benitez and why he got a second shot at this case and what he did.
3: Okay. Well, recall this case was filed, I want to say, six years ago initially. Uh, we litigated it in front of Judge Benitez we won along with our Duncan case on the magazine capacity limitations. Uh Both the Duncan case and the Rhodey case were appealed by the state to the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit, Duncan got up there first. The Ninth Circuit held Rhodey and a couple of other Second Amendment cases while they decided Duncan. And then they took Duncan on Bonk, which means they, you know, and typically it's a one judge in the trial court. Then you go up to a three judge panel in the Ninth Circuit. And then from there, you can go to an 11 judge panel on monk panel. It's called in the Ninth Circuit. And there's even a, a 25 judge panel above that, which I think has never happened. And then above that is the United States Supreme Court. So, uh, we won in front of the three judge panel, which was a huge, huge victory because that was the first Ninth Circuit ruling that, that struck down a gun control law. In that case, the magazine capacity limitations. And, uh, when the, but the but the on banc panel voted 77 to 4 against us. So we asked the United States Supreme Court to review that on banc decision. The United States Supreme Court sat on that Duncan case until they ruled on Bruin. When the Bruin case came down, they took the Duncan case and several other second amendment cases that they had pending in front of them. They did what's called a GVR, a grant, vacate, and, remu- and, re- and remand. They granted review of the cases. They vacated the underlying on banc decision and the decisions in a couple of other cases. And they remanded them back down to the court where they had come from. Uh, now, meantime, Rhodey and several other Second Amendment cases were parked in the Ninth Circuit waiting to see what was going to happen with Duncan. When Duncan was remanded, by the Supreme Court back to the en banc panel, the en banc panel and all the other cases that were pending were subsequently remanded again, all the way back down to judge Benitez with instructions to reconsider his rulings now and apply the Bruin test instead of the Heller test, which he had applied under both tests. It shouldn't matter under either test. I mean, they're supposed to be the same. The Heller, the Heller methodology was basically twisted and distorted by, uh, uh, courts that did not like the Heller decision did not, and do not respect the second amendment. Uh, but all those cases were sent back down to Judge Benitez. And so that's how the Roadie case got back down to Judge Benitez again, uh, after the Duncan case was, was, uh, remanded because all the other cases that had been bottled up behind Duncan were sent back down. So we relitigated it, briefed, filed all the legal briefs, uh, in front of Judge Benitez. A couple of weeks ago, he ruled again in the Duncan case, uh, in our favor, It struck down the magazine capacity law. That's now back up in the Ninth Circuit in front of the En banc panel again. And then he recently ruled in Roadie. And remember in the Duncan case several years ago, we got freedom week on the magazine sales. Um, and so then he ruled on the, on the roadie case in our favor and the state, uh, sought an injunction. He didn't judge Benitez denied it from the district court. And then, he, and so while that after he denied it and while the state had to chase a stay on the injunction in the ninth circuit, we had a couple of days of, of ammunition freedom, uh, courtesy of the CRPA, but then the uh, ninth circuit stayed the injunction while the appeal will is going to be litigated. So Rhodey is now back in the Ninth Circuit and may very well, to be honest with you, get held up behind Duncan again, along with several other cases. There's an assault weapon case that was just held up. They they said, we're not going to rule until we see what the en banc panel does in Duncan. Uh, so that's the long, long story of, uh, of a fairly torturous, procedurally dragged out uh, case. Uh, uh, litigation pathway for both of those cases, but point is now we had ammo freedom for a few weeks. Now it's stayed again. We're back in the Ninth Circuit, and we're litigating Duncan, Rhodey, and several other cases that are up there.
2: So going back to Judge Benitez, you know, what was interesting to me is, I mean, this is your world that you're in. I'm more in the, the legislative world, but it was interesting to see The depth of the opinion from Benitez, especially the area that caught me, was that the state, through the attorney general, used several arguments to try to go with history and tradition um, of why they felt they had the right to take away our rights. But every one of those, the justice, I think, clearly showed was times where we had been racist as a government, times that we had— overly oppressed. And what struck me, Chuck, Rena, from a late legal person's perspective was, wow, they hate us so much that they go against their own diversity and inclusion rules to, to take the very things they claim they hate to be the reason why we shouldn't have firearms. It was just. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, so so, that's how desperate they are. Remember what, what we're fighting about in all these cases, not just in the Ninth Circuit, not just in California, all across the country there's a battle royale going on about what the right way to appro- apply the Bruin methodology is. It's supposed to be pretty simple. First, is the conduct at issue covered by the text of the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms? It's not just about a particular firearm. It's not even about just self-defense firearms. That's, ha- that's what happened to be involved in Heller and, and, uh, and uh, Bruin. But any firearm, any bearable arm, is covered by the text of the Second Amendment, along with all the ancillary conduct that goes along with it, going to the range, getting it fixed, buying it, selling it, magazines, accessories, all of that stuff, is supposed to be covered by the text of the Second Amendment. If it is, then the second question you ask is, is there a historical law that was around in 1791 when they passed the Second Amendment uh, that would indicate that the Founding Fathers would tolerate a modern-day law because they tolerated something similar back then. Uh, and so what they're trying to do is find these racist laws to, to use these racist laws as analogs for, uh, modern day laws. But that's just desperation. It's, first of all, it's the wrong time period. It's not 1791. That's after the 14th amendment was adopted. Uh, you know, the late 18th, 19th century. Uh, so, but, and, but then they're, they're citing to these ample examples where they disarm people. You know, tyrannically, which is exactly what the Second Amendment is supposed to protect. Now, there was no Second Amendment challenges brought to those laws back then, but that doesn't mean they were constitutional at the time. And it certainly doesn't mean that they're a justification for an unconstitutional law now. And Justice Benitez called that, called the state out on that pretty emphatically.
2: Yeah, I thought that was, that was really insightful, especially when, you know, we have a mixed population that, you know, exercise their Second Amendment rights. And I just want to tell people it's not political. This is actually what the state of California did, which is appalling. And um, I'm definitely pointing it out in the Capitol when I testify. But I think it's really critical that we realize just how much they despise us and how desperate they are, because we are winning cases across the country. Your people are doing incredible work. Chuck in multiple, you know, jurisdictions. And I think that's one of the things people have to be able to see. It can be disheartening to watch this not go in the right direction. And I know I hear from a lot of people that, well, it seems like we kind of only win for a couple of days, but we lose. But I keep informing people, you guys gotta keep the faith because one of the things that I want to talk about in the next uh section with you, Chuck, is we see some things in other jurisdictions, but really you guys aren't just getting back rights. You're also closing any possible loophole that the government could enact moving into the future. And I think that's so important for people to realize. I mean, I see it, obviously, in in the legislature. You know, they're trying all sorts of whacked out things to come after us. But the more we close these loopholes legally, the more defense we have up there. And we'll explore this a little bit when we come back here on Fine Line Radio. We'll be right back. turner's outdoorsman
1: california's number one hunting fishing and shooting sports retailer since 1971 now has 33 locations across california and one in tucson arizona turner's is your one stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs we offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms ammunition gun safes shooting accessories archery equipment and fishing tackle visit turners.com now and sign up for the turner's discount club for free and get our weekly ads and members only specials sent directly to your inbox For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. AM 590, the answer.
0: This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman.
1: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick.
2: Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association, CRPA.org. We're out there in the field making things better for you every day, guaranteeing your constitutional rights. And speaking of those, I want to take us back to 2016. After all, we've been talking about Duncan, which deals with the standard capacity magazine issue and the fact that we are limited to a 10-round magazine under that. It also is dealing with RODI, which is the ammunition scheme that was followed. And that all came from what was known as Prop 63 or the Safety for All Act of 2016 that got barely passed, but it did get passed. And uh, you know, in the Capitol, I have to deal with some people like Senator Katherine Spear. And Catherine Blakespear does not like the Second Amendment, does not like any of us as firearms owners. She carries the bucket for the governor all the time. And she's got a new bill that has come out, and we usually talk about those here called Senate Bill. 1038 in the prop 63 that bill um or proposition like she said uh was designed to make it so one of the things in, that you have to report the loss of a firearm or a theft within 5 days now she's out there inside the capitol going we've got to stop mass machines we got to do this we got to do that so we want to shorten that to 2 days and so this is becoming yet another battleground. They keep trying to find ways to go after us. Because, folks, i am um, talking with the sheriffs yesterday. There is not one incident, not one, since 2016 forward that would justify why you would need to move it from five days to two days. In other words, had it been in two days, the incident wouldn't have happened. There's none. And this goes to show you just how much they keep trying to come after us. And looking at that. Chuck and I were talking during the break and he's got some excellent points. Chuck, go ahead and share those.
3: Well, the, 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 all of this, this is the, the, I call it the blue pushback, the, the, the the, try every trick in the book to try and get around Bruin and pass everything that you can on the fringe, but you can't ban directly. So they want to ban CCWs and they want to over-designate sensitive places. So CCW is worthless. They want to, uh, make it so you, it costs too much to get a CCW or, you know, everything that they can think of. And it's all being driven by Michael Bloomberg's every town law. Those are some very well heeled lawyers, big firm lawyers who are coaching all these state governments, not just California, but all the battleground states, Illinois, New York, New Jersey on how to try and, and fool basically. Uh, the courts into misinterpreting and misapplying the Bruin methodology so that more gun laws, gun control laws can be found to be constitutional by a, by a judiciary, by certain members of the judiciary that are inclined to want to uphold gun control laws for, because of their personal bias. So it's, it's really, you know, we're, 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 we're in a, a battle basically for the soul of America, not just in the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is the tip of the spear, but Uh, you know, all the wokeness and the cancel culture and all the other things that, that, that the progressives want to try and push down our throats so that we have a big government nanny state kind of a system where the government tells you how to live your life and you're dependent on the government for everything, including your own safety. Uh, it's all part of that plan.
2: Yeah. And you bring up a good point, Chuck, because while Bloomberg's doing that with every town, you have Giffords that is being funded. By Soros. And so there's another right. whack job guy who is trying to make us all into serfs and trying to destroy our government, our way of life, our economy, and everything else for his gains. And Giffords, we see all the time when I walk into capital offices, and I'm like, where does this come from? And right there on top of the pamphlet is Giffords Law Center, and they actually write the bills so that, you know, their, their senators and their assembly members will carry it for them. And their campaigns are financed. This isn't hard to to see. If you go and look in this campaign season, you can see who's paying for this. And Portantino is another one that's getting tons of money from both Soros and from uh, Bloomberg to run for Adam Schiff's congressional position.
3: Yeah. I mean, like I say, it's a battle for America's soul and they are well funded, got a couple of billionaires who think they know better and think they are qualified to tell us how to live our lives and how to, how, you know, how to be, like you said, serfs rather than citizens. Um, and it's, it's, you know, this is a historic time and the second amendment, as I said, is the tip of the spear. This is, we're going to, I think we're gonna win this fight, but they're gonna it's scorched earth it's it's no holds barred, and they use taxpayer money on top of billionaires' money to uh to try and trick the courts i think I don't think that's an overstatement into uh misapplying what the Supreme Court has said and then pass everything that they can to make it as difficult as expensive to To own a gun because it's a, it's culture side. This was on the cover of the last CRPA magazine. This is a battle, uh, to destroy the gun culture. They don't want people to be able to get guns. They want to make it as difficult and expensive as possible to discover how much fun the shooting sports are or to understand the value of a firearm for self to defend yourself or your family. They they don't want people to appreciate that. That's why they're terrified of, uh, people carrying in public because it normalizes firearms in the 40 odd states that have liberal carry laws. People have come to learn to live with it. They're not scared anymore. And once people aren't scared of guns, they understand that they should be afraid of bad guys, not good guys with guns. Uh, they come to appreciate the value of a gun as a, as a deterrent. And they understand that firearms have social utility. They're f- used far more often to defend and protect lives and to deter crime than they are misused by people to, to, uh, uh, to commit crimes, and that's something that terrifies the gun ban lobby. Uh, when people understand that guns have social utility, they are, they are a net positive.
2: I think that's really important what you just brought up because one of the things that we argue in the Capitol, Sam Pretas and I, all the time, and we need to get out into this public space where you, the audience, are listening, is you know every time you hear somebody on the left say, "Well, if it saves just one life," well, realize that. When you remove firearms from people to be able to do self-protection, it has been documented nationwide. Half a million lives are saved every year per the FBI statistics. So if you remove that protection, now you just put a half a million lives, that are no longer protected. Those people could die. Now, am I saying a half a million people are going to die? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the deterrent that was there, that was documented, that stopped a shooting in progress, it stopped a bad guy from doing some kind of harm, that won't be there. And so now you're putting, you know, it's not to save one life. It's like, do we want to risk a half a million lives? That is actually the question that we have to push back. And that's where we need you. The CRPA needs you, the listener on this show, to start educating the people around you and say, well, that's not the whole story. That's just a really small drop in the bucket. Yeah, you save one, but at the cost of a half a million, is that worth it? And that stops people in their tracks and gets them thinking. And, folks, that's what we need to do because the left's mode of getting these ideologies across is by repeating the lie over and over and over again till you believe it. And that is a lesson that I'll label them with it. They learned from Nazi Germany because that was, you know, what the, the propaganda machine said was, long as we lie long enough, hard enough, it will become true to the people. And that's exactly what the left is trying to do. Um, Chuck, you're absolutely right. If we lose the Second Amendment, we lose this country. And that's just a fact as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I think people need to realize the Second Amendment is the guarantee of all the rights we enjoy in the first. And one of the things I'll bring up to you folks is, you know, regardless of where you stand on the January 6th issue, uh, we have a new law that was brought out this week inside the U.S. Senate. And that law, actually, when you go into it and look at it, is talking about labeling anybody that privately trains to defend themselves in a group of three or more as domestic terrorists. And they even bring up, even if it was a security team. So the, for those of you that, you know, go to, to synagogue, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, you go to church on Sundays, you know, you go to the mosque. Um, You have a security team. If this law gets passed in the Senate, uh, your security team would be domestic terrorists. And, folks, this is yet another attack. They're trying to use anything and everything, as Chuck has said today on this program, to come after our way of life. And for those of you that are listening that may not own a firearm, they're coming after your way of life too because much of your way of life that you enjoy You know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food on the table, a roof over your head, a job, and everything is secured in this country because of the U.S. Constitution and because of those Bill of Rights. These are not privileges. Driving a car, unfortunately, as much as we consider it a right in California, it's a privilege. Owning a firearm, being able to speak freely, those are rights. Those are not privileges. They're not subject to the same ideas privileges. Your ability to put food on the table, that's a right, folks. And that's a right that CRPA fights for every day of the week. All hours we have people literally up around the clock fighting for those rights. We'll be back here on Farming Line Radio.
1: turner's outdoorsman california's number one hunting fishing and shooting sports retailer since 1971 now has 33 locations across california and one in tucson arizona turner's is your one stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs we offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms ammunition gun safes shooting accessories archery equipment and fishing tackle visit turners.com now and sign up for the turner's discount club for free and get our weekly ads and members only specials sent directly to your inbox For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer.
0: This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Spartans,
2: lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio, sponsored by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And folks, you know, when I got involved in the Second Amendment community years ago, before I met Chuck and I still remember the first time I met him at a CRPA board member as a board member when I first joined, um, helped him carry some of his gun law books into the meeting. Uh, one of the things that I think back to that time period, Chuck, was the Terrain of the Second Amendment tent, was very different. NRA was at the top, and there was a lot of infighting, a lot of bickering, a lot of stuff going on inside the tent. And You gave a really good talk to the board at that time about it, tried to work on it. Today, some 15 years later, um, we have a very different 2A tent, and I really want to sing some of the praises of your leadership as president with that, because what we've been able to do is – Everyone, you got to realize, the National Rifle Association came under an aggressive political attack from the Attorney General in New York State. They've been sued. Um Wayne LaPierre has stepped down. There's many people within our community that have various opinions on that. But the fact is, the NRA is not the juggernaut it was 15 years ago. It's not even close to that. And they've had to circle their own wagons. To defend, they've had to downsize, they've had to do a lot of things, and I've seen this happen with other nonprofits and other spaces, and and we wish them the best, we really do. But in that vacuum that was created, especially here in California, the California Rifle Pistol Association, going into its 150th anniversary, stepped up in many many areas across the board, and many of you been able to. Take advantage of that, even out here in the Inland Empire, Route 66 at Rahagas and other places where we have really bolstered the competitive shooting sports. More importantly, our legal teams have, have joined forces. But I want you to know there is a coalition starting off with the Second Amendment Law Center, which has brought the brightest legal minds in the nation on this subject matter together under one roof to fight for your rights, not just here in California but in every other state within the Ninth Circuit and across the country, they're involved. Second Amendment Foundation has joined forces, and we're trying to share the load. Gun Owners of California and their parent organization, Gun Owners of America, have done that. And there's several other groups that come in and file amicus briefs in support of us on different things, like the citizens' rights to keep and bear arms. I believe the FPC has on a couple of them. Here's the thing that you have to realize what Chuck said earlier in the program today was, going back, you've got to realize how much money comes in from Bloomberg, Soros, and a couple other billionaires to fight to take away your rights, to strip you, to make you into serfs, to, to convince you that public servants are your local lords and kings and queens, and you're the peasant. When the term public servants I say every week, means they work for you, we the people. But more importantly is how much this costs. And, Chuck, I know that there are people that practice different types of law that make bang bucks, just as I know there's lobbyists for other groups that make literally multiple times what I do. None of us are in this for the money. We're all in this for the belief. None of us are, are living the big life. Um, but let's talk about what it takes to do this. I mean, we got Rody and Duncan pushed all the way up to the Supreme Court, that had a price tag, and now we're having to do it again. And I don't think the average person out there understands how much this really costs.
3: Yeah, you know, I've, in in all of the CRPA's most recent uh, email bulletins and social media postings, I, I've had a link put up there to the uh, my law firm's website where they, we have everything that's ever been filed in Duncan and everything that's ever been filed in Rhodey posted. And if you take a look at that and you see how much work goes into these cases, it's it's everybody hears about this legal brief being filed or there was an oral argument or a ruling came down. Those are the highlights. But there is nuts and bolts work, just time consuming. A lot of it is procedural drudge work, really, uh, that has to be done to push a case through court and it, and it all takes time and that all takes money. I mean, the, my firm gives CRPA some of the greatest nonprofit rates, you know, of any other client of my firm, but still it, it, it adds up. And, uh, we, we count on our, you know, Bloomberg's writing checks for a million dollars here and a million dollars that I think, I think about 10 years ago, he said he was going to put 800 million into the anti second amendment movement. And it's gone up a lot since then, I'm sure. Uh, and we have, we, we survive and, and I'm grateful to, uh, the, the, the gun owners out there who send us, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100. Uh, and then some of our bigger angel donors, uh, kick in more, but we count on those folks to support the cause. And right now CRPA has, we have like a dozen lawsuits A dozen Second Amendment lawsuits going on, not to mention amicus briefs in other cases across the country, because there's whatever happens, you know, this is a national issue. So if we get a good precedent out of another circuit other than the Ninth Circuit, we use that to our advantage in California. So we have to watch. It's it's a national game. It's not just California. It's not even just the Ninth Circuit. We have to watch every case in the country because uh, they're doing the same kinds of things. You know, they they want to pass semi-auto bans, magazine capacity limitations, limit where your CCW is valid, try and charge taxes on uh the exercise of your rights, ban gun shows, make it hard to open or operate a gun store. Again, it's all part of their effort to eliminate the gun culture. It's an effort at culture side, and we are battling back against that with the support of, you know, we uh, Bloomberg writes one check for a million. We we need a million people to write a check for a dollar, and we'll be uh, on par.
2: Yeah, and I I think it's really important that people understand. I want to highlight something you said. It's it's a lot of tedious work, and you know, I think about some of the cases that we have right now. But they start sometimes three years before we actually file because it starts in the the legislature. We have to go through. We have to. First catch it because they give names to it. They do gun and amends, the things we've talked about in this program a lot. And then they attack on multiple strands. I mean, we're looking at, you know, this next six days, we're looking at an additional 1,500 bills dropping down. Um, We're always starting to see some of the new gun bills and some tried and true methods. And they keep fighting on the same issues and You know, that requires me to call some of the lawyers to figure out because I don't walk around with, you know, Westlaw in the back of my head where I can access it and have to go like, so what does it mean when they've used this new creative word to figure out? And it's going and, you know, writing white papers and doing all the things that you got to do because we don't have investigative journalists anymore. We have people to come up and go, well, do you have a white paper on this that I can cut and paste and write my story from that because, God forbid, I have to work. And if you don't have it, then you lose the PR game. And I I just don't think people realize that being a member of CRPA, you know, we're talking pennies a day, pennies a day. But what you're getting people doing is all the public relations work, all the media management, all the research, all the boots on the ground, and we're covering every aspect from trying to save hunting opportunities here in California like the Catalina deer issue to your right to have a magazine greater than 10 rounds like the rest of the country to your right to be able to purchase ammo without being Dracomian to your right to defend your home to your right to competitively shoot to the right for your kid to be able to be approached by a a college recruiter without being fined $25,000 every time they send them an email. These are all the things that take lawyers that are specialists. You don't go to one doctor to handle both your dermatology issues and your oncology. They're, they're different. There's an oncologist and dermatologist. It's the same thing in this space, folks. And they're using your taxpayer dollars against you. They are taking your hard-earned money and frivolously throwing it away because, Chuck, when we win, does the state not have to pay us for that?
3: Yes, uh, uh, uh and they tried to they tried to rig that game too but we beat that one back newsom tried to set it up so that we could never recover fees even when we our attorneys fees reimbursed even when we prevail but thankfully we knocked that one out in court uh so we're back in the game uh but but you have to win and and they're just part of their part of their strategy is delaying the win uh you know they they hope that Biden gets reelected and some of the justices conservative justices on the supreme court Die or retire. And so they can stack that court and try and uh, overturn Bruin. That's their long game. Uh, but in the meantime, we have to try and get opinions out of the Supreme Court that set the record straight when the lower courts get it wrong, which unfortunately some do.
2: Yeah, I think it's very important for everyone to realize this is a battle on multiple fronts. And this is a battle that you can help out. And that's right now, folks. Voting is going on. You need to vote. You need to take people to vote. You need to go to crpa.org, where we have spent more money and time in our history in this election cycle to make sure you can go and see who cares about your Second Amendment rights because we sent it out to everybody, and only a few people responded and even a few less were willing to answer the questions and be interviewed. Those people are up there, they're endorsed, and you can go to that and use it as a voter guide as you fill out your ballot. We encourage you to do so, because now's the time to fire the incompetence that has been coming after your rights. We'll be back on Firing Line Radio.
1: Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier, or have a firearm to defend your home, and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense, or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer.
2: Patriots of the Venom Empire, this is Rick Travis, your host here today on Firing Line Radio. I'm the legislative director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And uh, a couple of things that we need to talk about. For those of you who are wondering, like, how do I understand what I need to know about firearms laws. Because, Rick, you only have Chuck on, you know, a couple of times every, you know, three or four months. Well, folks, Chuck is available to you. And it used to be you had to carry around this big, thick, encyclopedia-sized book. But Chuck loves all of you so much, he's brought it out as an ebook. You can actually get it at calgunbooks.com. Sorry, calgunlawbooks.com. That's calgunlawbooks.com. And you can download the ebook that you can search and find what you need to find so you know what those laws are and how you should respond to them. Also, I want to encourage you to go to the Second Amendment Law Center. That's 2ALC.org, L A, or 2ALC.org, and you can go there and see all the different ways that this fine assembly of attorneys are fighting for you in each state. You can see how it applies, and you can really learn more so you can educate people, and encourage them, like I said, to vote. We're going to talk about a case um that's just gone on this week in Hawaii where, Chuck, is this normal? I mean, the, the banner headlines from Business Insider, Newsweek, The Times, so kind of have to believe it actually happened, but that the Hawaii Supreme Court cited a quote from a Hollywood show called The Wire, Saying that that gave them more than what the Bruin case did to decide a case, like is that normal out of a court?
3: No, this Hawaii ruling is a real outlier. It, it, it's, I mean, they call Heller wrongly decided, and, and flat out, and they reject Bruin, even though the Hawaii state. Uh, uh, right to keep and bear arms is identical to the federal law. They interpret their state law differently, and then they and they do that in part by referring to historical traditions of the kingdom of Hawaii. But, but when it, when Hawaii became a state, it it got rid of all of its histor- its kingdom history, and it signed on to be part of the United States. And so, it's really. <laughs> It's astounding. I mean, and and it's hard for me to be astounded because I've seen a lot of courts bend over intellectually backwards to try and twist the law to, to reach the result the result that they want. But the Hawaii case is really kind of gone beyond what what most courts have done in the way that they just rege- they basically are thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court and saying, hey, we're the kingdom of Hawaii. So we don't have to do what you you are not the boss of me. Well, no, that's not the way it works. You're signed on as a state, so you are bound by our United States Constitution. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a, an example of how far some judges will go to, uh, to advance their agenda, uh, the progressive agenda, uh, of civilian
2: disarmament. And speaking and whatever of whatever else goes along with it. Speaking of that. There's another case that we've all been watching and working, and I think there's a lot of confusion with uh the average uh person on the street, and that's a case called Rahimi. So where are we at with Rahimi? Okay, so keep in mind when they when they pass gun laws, they
3: there's sort of three general categories of gun laws. It's not this isn't a precise grouping, but you've got bad guns, bad people, bad places. And so Rahimi is a bad people case. He is a, uh, individual who was convicted, uh, or, uh, subject to a domestic violence or a, uh, a restraining order, a domestic violence restraining order. He's a dangerous guy. Uh, and he doesn't believe, he doesn't deserve to have his right to keep and bear arms, but, uh, because of his conduct, but, um, he, uh, challenged the, the ban, the, the blanket ban, like the, 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 uh, ban on all people who had those restraining orders from being able to possess firearms. And it was just recently argued in front of the United States Supreme Court. Now, I suspect that the government is going to win the battle but lose the war uh, in Rahimi. The, the court's going to find a way to say that, yes, certain individuals can be disarmed when they are dangerous, proven to be dangerous, uh, but you can't ban a full class of people like Indians or freed slaves or cannabis users or all felons, including nonviolent felons. Uh, you, you can't just group people because that's what, that's what those tyrannical laws that we talked about earlier are, are tried to do. You know, you want to disarm like, uh, So the next group that the government will say we need to disarm is domestic terrorists. And then they will, it's like the, it's like the quote unquote assault weapon game. What is an assault weapon? It means whatever we say it means. You know, it's like the queen of hearts from Alice in Wonderland. It means whatever we say it means. So what's a domestic terrorist? Well, maybe it's a guy who, uh, 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 you know, and gets involved in a pro gun, gun rights protest, you know, or, or goes to the range too much. Uh, you know, you, you can define that term any way you want and then say that person can, that group, that group, not just that individual can be decided. I
2: want want, want to stop you for a second because I think that's important because for several presidents, we've had, let's see, Christians labeled as domestic terrorists by various government organizations, veterans that served this country to defend their constitutional rights, been called domestic terrorists. Like that group has been a moving target, Chuck. And I think rightfully so, you're highlighting that.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, this the, the semantics is something that the gun ban lobby is very good at. They know how to come up with emotion laden buzzwords: Saturday Night Special, Ultra Compact Handgun, Assault Weapons, High Capacity Magazines. Uh, you know, they they come up with these these words that demonize guns or people, uh, and then they spend a lot of money p- pushing that narrative so that people uh respond you know they know that the way to convince people and every lawyer knows this the way to convince people is with an emotional appeal uh and then the you know when you when you pitch something to the jury, a lot of times a jury will will reach an emotional ver- verdict and then retroactively justify it with some kind of logic so you this is this is like selling soap you know uh you, you don 't sell the steak you sell the sizzle it's 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 a it's a manipulative it's a it's a it's a a technique to manipulate people into making a decision that's not fully informed uh based on emotion and so by demonizing all these different types of people and places and and uh and, and grossly over characterizing over you know overbroad characterizations that cover way more people than you would think it's like the name of a bill you know we're going to push a bill the child safety bill well it has nothing to do with child safety but if nobody reads the actual bill, so they hear it's the child safety bill, and they and they think, oh, well, we should vote for that.
2: Yeah, I think it's really, um, as we move forward with this, I think people have to realize, folks, this does not happen. This fight is not going to be won just because Chuck and his lawyers and myself and Sam Press and some of our other allies in the Capitol are working. That's We need you yes if you if you can't you know volunteer, you can't you know uh make a couple of phone calls, do some of the things that we need you to do, then please donate money if you can though we need you to join a local chapter of the California Rifle Pistol Association. We have forty chapters statewide, multiple ones here in the inland Empire. We need you to get out to those chapters, and if it's there's not one close enough to you and you got three or four friends, we'll help you start a chapter there and support it, because it's through those chapters that we get you to call in, we get you to go meet with your local legislative offices, your local government, because today's dog catcher is tomorrow's congressperson, and so we need you to work with us, because folks, as I say every week, we the people are the ones in charge. Our Constitution says we the people. It's the first words. It's not about the politicians. It's about us. The politicians work for us. So when gas prices are too high, when it costs you $150 for a loaf of bread, a gallon of of milk, and our God bless all, all of us, but our coffee, that's ridiculous. We need to be going after it. This is a government right now that's so progressive. They're going after farmers. They're going after anything that helps you be self-reliant. And as Chuck pointed out, their end game goal is to disarm you, to make you completely dependent on the government. So you have to do everything they say just to see tomorrow morning. We will not tolerate that. We will constantly do things. And CRPA has a motto, folks, about being safe. And we have been the leaders in firearm safety in California for a century and a half. Shoot straight for over a century and a half. We have worked through our various programs to make sure everybody has the knowledge base and the muscle memory to be able to do just that and fight back. And that's what we do in the courts. It's what we do in the legislature. And it's what we train you to do at the local level by going up and demanding that your government serves you and not the other way around. Chuck, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thank you and your legal team for the countless hours and sacrifices you make. Folks, throughout this next week, please join CRPA.org and become part of this fight. And as I always say, be safe, shoot straight, and fight back for your rights. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk.
0: The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association.
1: Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, one million dollars for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million dollars for civil liability and many other benefits. You defend your life, CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com.
3: AM 590, the answer.